this prayer of the mother when she first met shirobindo on the next day she wrote he whom we saw yesterday is here upon earth and i wonder that the gap between the way we look at life and the way divine looks at life that is the distance that we need to cover so when we come to earth we are like blind people who don't know where to go we don't know where we come from we don't know how to navigate through this world and uh, sometimes we throw our hands in exasperation and say what's going on you know that's what <laughs> ultimately <laughs> so uh, blindness is one part but uh, to believe that being blind we see and see better that's where the problem lies so we have this great tremendous fortune of those who can see who show us what we do not see this is the beginning of a great journey when we start with an eye which is not normally accessible to us because the mind shuts that eye and it is the eye of faith and this eye of faith as we develop it develops into the eye of knowledge so ordinarily when we look around life it's such a chaos confusion with all kinds of things happening and we wonder what's going on what's all this so we have a very you know in in knowledge systems in science we have devised certain terms which are uh, very meaningful in their ignorance <laughs> you know like chance fit in anywhere chance so <laughs> wherever you don't understand the process is a chance coincidence another term another term which we have on which we are going to share a few thoughts today is nature what is nature do we understand it or we don't understand it we see that this creation is peopled with objects with all kinds of things movements and we wonder what is this appalling immensity of the universe and we have used a term called nature now we when we take a strictly scientific point of view of nature we take it that this is a material mechanical unconscious something a power which is unconscious it's a power no doubt nobody can deny the power when we look at the immensity of the universe the galaxies the atoms all drifting in god knows where expanding space changing curves of time when we look at it 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 is appalling you know the gita speaks of it as aashirvat pashyati kashchidenam it's so wonderful this delightful dangerous world and we don't know what it is about so we start exploring and we start with the presumption that nature is unconscious mechanical it's a power how it has come into existence we don't know and we try to understand its processes but spirituality not as a belief but through experience we come to understand that nature is conscious and this is very logically we can understand it that if nature is unconscious how come we have some kind of consciousness it's a it's called as a in logical argument it's like an evolutionary gap we are trying to explain something on the basis of something which does not have it it's like man is a creation of genes but the genes can't think but we think so this is one of the big challenges in the whole <laughs> understanding of our own creation so we have some consciousness so to say that nature is unconscious but consciousness is immersed out of it is a bit of a 
tricky thing. So here Shurabindu gives us a very different understanding that nature is conscious. That changes our whole approach to life and everything. If nature is conscious, that means everything within it has some kind of consciousness. It can't be that nature is partly conscious here and not conscious there. There is consciousness in everything. Everything has existence, this to be understand. And when we try to come in contact with things, we also experience that, understand that it's not only existence and consciousness, everything has within it something which we call as delight. It has the capacity to evoke delight within us. Look at just the drifting of the stars. If one is, you know, going through a state of sadness and you're fortunate enough, you don't want to consult a doctor, look at the stars. It immediately fills us with joy and wonder. Why does it do it? Because joy is inside it and joy is within me. <laughs> so it comes in contact. Another, we have such a beautiful exhibition of flowers. So, you know, mother gives one remedy for depression. I wish I could prescribe it and it's look at a flower. She's actually said if you look at a flower, it's a remedy. So sometimes I wish I could just take a flower and give it, but <laughs> this doesn't work. <laughs> so look at a flower, but for personally I've seen looking at flowers, it's something they bring joy. So if we look at this material universe, even the mountains which are raw, which have nothing, no vegetation, I recount going to Ladakh and I was wondering why are we going to see mountains which are nude mountains. You know, they have no vegetation on it. But there is a delight. There is a great joy. So when we look at nature, behind the appearance, we see that there is in it, it existence, which of course is evident. There is within it a kind of consciousness limited by the form and there is a delight with which we can come in contact. So what is this? This is the trinity of Indian thought, Satchidananda. So in every atom of existence, there is Satchidananda, Sat, existence, Chit, consciousness, force. There is a force within it and there is a kind of knowledge. So consciousness is both knowledge and force. Even within the atom, we study the laws of atom. But atom didn't say that make me according to a certain law. <laughs> we study how ants communicate, but ants have not gone to a school to learn how to communicate. In every atom of existence, there is a limited knowledge, limited force, there is a delight. Limited delight. Everything is limited to the form. So then we understand the great truth that there is a play that is going on between the phenomenal world, nature, forms, which nature creates. And within it, the hidden force, the power, the being, Satchidananda, who is trying to express himself through the forms. This is the original play. So what is nature doing? Nature is constantly building forms and asking, would you like to come in, sir? To whom? To her Lord. A very small but very powerful, overwhelming experience. I remember when I was a, uh, you know, young child. I'm still a young child, but, you know, when technically <laughs> young child. <laughs> and I used to argue a lot. Oh, no, this is all nature. Typical scientific, logical mind, you know. It's all nature. It's not all nature. Uh, why do you have to bring in God? So, everybody in my family were all... Frustrated, so they took me to my Mamaji. He was, you know, deeply practitioner of yoga with Ramayana and all that. So I told him, you know, this is all nature. So he kept quiet and he just told one word that has struck me till now. The power and impact of the world. And he said in Hindi, I'll recount then translate in English. He said, Ha beta, 
प्रकृति है लेकिन इसके पीछे प्रकृति के स्वामी खड़े हैं यस दिस नेचर बट देर इज बिहाइंड इट द लॉर्ड ऑफ नेचर आई डोंट नो वाई इट स्ट्रक मी सो डीप कि इट नेवर कट टू मी देर इज अ लॉर्ड फ्रॉम होम ऑल दिस इज इमर्स्ड देर मस्ट बी एन ओरिजिन ए बींग Something that is now I can put it in logical terms that that which is conscious of itself is by nature a being. What is a being? A being is the moment we have self-awareness. We say I am a being, not because of the body. So there is a being, and all this you know that has emerged is from that being. So the original play is between God and nature. Where do we figure in? We are caught somewhere in between. as a story of kali jibran when somebody falls sick so he asked the doctor why is he fallen sick so you know the doctor that time also corona was going on it's you know corona doesn't leave man so he said you know it is because of some infinitesimally small particles he didn't use the word virus infinitesimally small that's how my Known person has fallen so sick. He says, "I can't imagine. He's a big man, and he is falling to an infinitesimally small particle. So he is not satisfied with the answer. So he goes and asks a mystic, 'Sir, please tell me. Give me an answer.' So the mystic says, 'Oh, it is the will of the infinite. Now infinite is very immense.' <laughs> so Khalid Gibran writes that you know the paradox." that my child was caught between the infinitesimal and the infinite so you see it is when we look at the processes particles in every one everything the smallest of particle of creation of nature so we see that the original game is going on between nature and her lord and shobindu puts it very beautifully in savitri man where does man figure in man is a dynamo for god's work nature does most in him god the highest so what is our role only his soul's consent is his own and if you really look at it ourselves you know we call ourselves but if you really look at it very impersonally we'll see there's nothing in us which we can really call technically ourselves whether it be body intelligence everything is is a gift from nature so when we look at it this way and try to understand what is this game which is going on then we have the grand vision of shirobindo because up till now we are told there is a game going on in nature it's a terrible game if you get caught into it you are stuck so what do we have to do sir leave it it's a terrible field to be in this delightfully dangerous world come out so from within nature processes have developed to go out of nature look at the paradox you know it gives me the image of nature being a, as a very smart person who has built little little left little loopholes you know like you know if you have seen some detective movies or you know i'm not a big fan of them but i have understood one thing great thieves they leave you know who enjoy their job they leave a little clue arthur conan doyle they leave a little clue through which you can reach out so nature seems to have left from within herself certain little clues little doors through which you can enter and come out of herself why is she doing it what is the purpose so here shri aurobindo tells us these doors oh fool are not 
meant for you to go out it is for god to come in it is the other way around you are trying to rush out of these doors but it is for god to come in you see this idea of kundalini ascent and going out whereas the mother speaks of descent of the force and entering into us so these little doors which are cut into walls of mud house of nature and what and to build these doors it has taken billions of years it's only in human beings that we have such doors through which directly we can have the contact with the infinite only human consciousness though finite has the possibility of becoming one with the infinite before that no other form can do it and this process of the finite and the infinite coming together is what is called as yoga yoga we have started thinking that it's something abnormal unnatural all those who are doing yoga whether in aurovilla ashrama a little bit of you know nut cases <laughs> often we have no for entry into the ashram you have to ask now are you normal or no there is a psychiatric column we have to fill so i ask a question are you normal so only one person gave me a correct reply according to me said if i was normal i wouldn't be here i said good in <laughs> of course this is not a normal striving and yet it is a higher normal see what nature does is if you now look at the whole process it builds a form very symmetrical and it breaks the form why does it break the form little bit it breaks the form so that from within the form an energy is released and something new comes out where was that energy it was within that form now that's how from matter life comes where was life in matter now of course if you understand life with the processes we can never you know we'll say when the breathing has stopped somebody is dead that's a very crude way of looking at things but if you look at the nature of life life is always in motion constantly constantly in motion we use the word life why because these creatures can move on their own by definition one of the definitions and of course the second is self replication multiplication these are the two definitions of life living creatures can move on their own material things require an external force this is the basic thing so when we look at is there motion inside atoms of course there is motion it is not seen it's not visible it's not tangible and yet it is moving constantly that's why the old question that matter has empty space atoms have that has become redundant because it's constantly in motion and there is a very beautiful word describing nature in isha upanishad यत किंच जगत्याम जगत जगत इज द वर्ड यूज फॉर दिस क्रिएशन वट इज जगत दैट विच इज मूविंग गति जगत्याम जगत सो कॉन्स्टेंटली विद इन एटम देर इज समथिंग स्ट्रगलिंग एज इफ यू नो सच स्टूपेंडस एनर्जी विच इज मूविंग इन साइड एटम वन डे इट बर्स्ट फोर्थ एंड वी सी दैट ए पार्टिकल इज बॉर्न विच इज ना इधर लिविंग नॉट डेड विच इज दैट पार्टिकल वी आर वेरी फेमिलियर विद इट virus it is not living it is not dead but it carries within it the possibility of life so what does this virus do it tacks on to life to draw life from it that's how it falls a man if if there is you know if if there is no living being in which the virus is there it can't survive but it has the potential of life see how it evolves shobindu describes it in number of pages in savitri what we call as prokaryote the first emergence of life is a very look at the uncertain creature doesn't know i mean don't sympathize with the virus but still 
poor fellow doesn't know am i living or am i dead <laughs> much like us i was just saying sharing you know our problem is we are transitional beings see if somebody says you are not behaving like human beings so we say we are not humans but you are not behaving like divine beings either we are we are not divine <laughs> we are caught in between so poor virus now we can have a little bit sympathy with the creature is caught between death and life but once it picks up life from the bacteria onwards look what happens it goes on till man or even before so we see that once nature it takes long time billions of years for this first little push but once it takes place then it grows and expands and expands and expands even when we look at the universe it's expanding so we can say in one sense the universe is breathing now this all this concept has come breathing earth breathing universe if we are still having the inhalation of the universe going on <laughs> but coming zeroing on to life so how does life come out of matter because it's there so what brings it out nature it builds forms and says please come please come please come now divine says first force of life before force of life fire comes that's how the story goes fire comes and fire energizes it then life comes why you matrishwan and says okay now i'll do my work and life starts expanding but there is someone else also waiting in the background and we see that as living forms evolve it point comes when again there are beings who are neither this side nor that side i am skipping all the intermediary species in between which are wiped out etc but look at that transition to man and if a question is asked is the crow can the crow think or not think when we look at the behavior of a crow we even say he's a smart fellow intelligent fellow he can think you know that story of the crow putting that story is normally recounted as perseverance but there is another side to the story crow is literally dropping stones to make the water level rise up by the way this happens if you observe crows it is a very intelligent behavior shobindu describes this intelligent behavior about a dog called goldie so he says how animals have something which is like a rudiment of thought and he says that once all the doors were closed and goldie came late now goldie wants to enter it doesn't know what to do so it remembers that there is a back door of one of the disciples and that may be open so it leaves the main door and goes there and starts scratching <laughs> and sure enough the door opens and he's let in so there is an there is there are very clear instances of an intelligence trying to awaken in higher animals and then comes out man so how does nature do it again new possibilities from where does it draw its store it draws from the one divine existence sachidanand and step by step it is preparing forms which can inhabit that infinity of infinite existence infinite consciousness infinite force infinite delight the original four quaternaries of the divine now with human beings so far so good what happens in human beings human beings are characterized not just by thought but something new has started happening in human beings which we don't see in animals and that is self awareness we are becoming aware of a subjective space inside where there are dreams where there are ideals aspirations hopes that's why human beings have the strange predicament that we have to think about the future which we don't know 
for which we go from soothsayers to palmists to whoever. We are built like, we are programmed to look forward towards the future. So we see in human beings, there are ideas and idealisms which should never die. They don't really die. Even in the person who compromises with everything deep inside, that little idealism is there. So what is it a sign of? That's where Shubhinder tells, tells us, reveals to us. All these aspirations that we carry within our heart are meant to manifest one day. The impossible is the sign of things to be. The gods pick up and choose today's impossibles for the future's base. So what is the sign that the new being, new creation is going to come? The sign is within us. We are not satisfied with our humanity. We may not use the word divine, doesn't matter. That's a word. But definitely we are not, never happy. Man has the boon and the curse of being ever discontented. It's a curse so he cannot be satisfied with the animal life. Give a man that I'll feed you everything, everything will be provided to you. He won't be satisfied. He will seek something. And so it's a curse. It's also a boon because therefore he can break free from his humanity into something higher. So nature has built man programming it for evolution. Look at the beauty of how she has worked, step by step, consciously. All other forms are not ready to inhabit that tremendous influx, but man can. So she has built man, it's beautifully recounted in one of the stories in the Upanishads, where all the gods are asked, this form will you go? They say, nay. This one, no. This one, no. Man, yes, there we can. And they jump into man and they hide within him. If you read the typical, you know, Tantra Shastra and all that, all the gods you find inside human beings, not going into that, you know, details and the technical aspects. But basically, within man, all these gods have entered and with the purpose that this can be awakened. This finite form looks finite, but it can become one within finite. It can, we are given this exceptional privilege. That's why we are never satisfied with finite things. Never, it's just not possible. Only thing is, we try to create infinity by two means, both of ignorance. One is by death and rebirth. The whole idea of death and rebirth, the psychic being which nature has developed like a little nucleus within us, is so that we can taste infinity, constant change. Imagine, you know, being in the same body with the same people around. Same body is still okay. Life will become miserable. So people change, change, change. This is one ignorant way. And the second ignorant way through which nature tries to create infinity is by outer change. By wanting to, you know, change this, change that, so that we can have the taste of infinity, at least of multiplicity. But both are ignorant ways. So that's why they never succeed. After a point, one feels there is pain and suffering. But the, the way is, the way to taste infinity, that's where yoga steps in. She has devised conscious processes is to use the finite energy given to us to enter into the infinite. How to do it? Any energy, compress it, concentrate it, it become very powerful. Concentrate light, it can cut through skin. Concentrate sound and it can break bridges. Concentrate thought, it will break from the mind, doors of the mind and enter into infinity of knowledge. 
concentrate the little happiness pleasure desires in which all our joy of life is spread around turn it into will and concentrate that will on one idea and it will break into infinite force that will the lonely thought becomes omnipotent a prayer a master act a king idea can link man's strength to transcendent force then miracle is made the common rule concentrate the heart which is attached to you know that beautiful uh, in the exhibition attachment to the divine it frees us from everything else so concentrate all the energies of attachment which like threads are tied to 100 things on one single love for the divine and see not only are we freed from the uh, you know all these attachments which give us pleasure and pain but we experience the delight of the constant companionship of the divine which is what we are seeking through love so this is how the finite mates with the infinite this is beautifully expressed in the upanishad as vidyanch vidyanch yast dvedo bhayam sahat both together not an escape from finite life into infinite and losing oneself not remaining stuck in the finite saying that this is life accept it no this not life we are not meant to lead this life but to make the finite mate with the infinite this is the next project which is going on in nature nature has led us to there here and now it's taking us further so it is not something abnormal or unnatural that is happening it is the most natural logical extension of what nature has been doing so far well it doesn't happen in everyone that is true every animal in the savannas didn't become man that's how it is in in the ramayana we have bali and sugriv bali is too happy with his might so bali falls out of the evolutionary path sugriv is ever he is also very strong but ever unsure so at the end he does takes refuge in rama and says please i want sandhi with you you see these stories are so symbolic what does it mean sandhi is literally to join so he says in front of the fire it's very beautifully described in ramayana and you wonder why is the poet describing in such great detail so he is the animal which has risen to great heights but he feels that he is still not fully you know he is uh, not too comfortable <laughs> this is actually biologically also there were two kinds of apes one evolved the other fell down fell out and the ape that evolved was a little less than the best ape see in human beings also we'll see these two types there are human beings who are very accomplished accomplished singers accomplished dancers accomplished scientists too satisfied tell them about divine tell them about this possibility it's very difficult why because they have to leave behind the peak on which they have reached but there is somebody who is struggling and striving but seek something greater is moving the evolutionary path the mother recounts this very beautifully she says one of the things that when she came she asked shorbindo look at mother asking this beauty it's a very i find it a very sweet anecdote she said why is everything in me so mediocre <laughs> i mean i can't <laughs> i don't like it mother saying she is mediocre but anyways she is saying it okay <laughs> i mean when you look at a painting the new music but she said why is it that everything in me is so mediocre there is also a prayer of her like that so shubindo says it's good it's good because many sidedness is better than specializing along one line you see that's why shurbindo's yoga is not like a specialized yoga in the very first page of synthesis he makes clear 
specialized methods have an advantage but a big disadvantage because they don't include everything so in this yoga you pick up some sutras otherwise everybody is at loss everybody is practicing in his own way precisely because it's a vast universe like nature as vast as nature nature is doing the yoga in one way in mountain in another way in a river in mountain nature is striving to reach the sky and touch the clouds in river it's flowing toward the sea in flowers it is blooming as beauty flowers are the as and in each one it gives a symbolic hint of the soul you see in in material nature what is the hint of the soul is mountains climbing aspiration if one sees the mountain in a vision or a dream it is the sign of aspiration in matter that's how that's why we see the ascending triangle matter aspiring that's how shubindra describes it in vegetable world it is flowers they are the outpouring of the psychic element in creation in animal world birds see birds are very interesting creatures one wonders why they came between the reptile and the four footed i mean you say evolutionary advantage at one level you know you you cannot be uh, hunted upon except by man who comes and you know but otherwise birds they can just fly so because they represent the psychic element in dreams if you see bird it generally a sign of some psychic energy or even of the soul and in human beings it is that uncertain creature just a little below that highest point the sugri when not the bali who wants to do sandhi with the lord he is humble enough to say i can't beat this creature called bali so i need your help and he unites with the lord in presence of the fire that's the sandhi and then the lord takes over his burden very touching story very often people say you know what did rama do hiding behind the trees he shooting is it a right thing or a wrong thing and rama would say i don't care about the right and wrong of it i have come to do what is right from the dharma point of view that's all you can discuss in debate <laughs> shubhendra is an aphorism on that rama killed wali who can say whether it is right or wrong but this we know intuitively that he acted divinely this we know intuitively now this is very strange that because then the divine takes over our burden he doesn't care people may tell him that you are doing something wrong why are you saving arjuna why don't you stand impartial like balaram and say ki okay i'll pour my strength on karna and on arjuna so we are passing through a moment of transition this is practical implication these stories so while all human beings are one all creation is one from one point of view but there is there are this nucleus of humanity and the mother uses a word which should not be used in a you know uh, pejorative sense uh, that the elite of humanity and she calls this elite is not those who are you know highly specialized and all that elite she has used something similar for a kind of humanity which is shobinda has a whole essay on bourgeois and the samurai so some is a group of humanity which wants something greater higher nobler more beautiful more divine they are not satisfied with the modicum of necessities they are not satisfied with the splendors of heaven they want that which is perfect the ideal the true satyam shivam sundaram there is a group of humanity all over the world that's how she made gave that message in all countries there are those who feel it 
it is to them we call will you collaborate she is asking them to come to collaborate and then she created this beautiful space called oroville that's how we are connected in aspiration we whatever be our outer wherever we may have come from but we are connected in this aspiration that we are we want something greater more beautiful for life on earth not for ourselves it's not a yoga done for mukti and all that uh, you know personal salvation and all that stuff we do feel that anguish of the earth we inherit the anguish of the globe that's why we are human but we also inherit the aspiration of the globe that's why we are human and we inherit the fulfillment bequeath to earth that's why we are human that is the beauty because we bequeath a destiny which is given to earth now when we look at it like this we discover that all this is so logical even in yoga what do we do it's not something unnatural nature's processes thought emotion will they are all nature's processes they are not something we get from outside and what we have to do is to concentrate and second the sandhi sugriva and rama the union of the human and the divine and where where is the union that takes place in front of the fire it's not something to be seen outwardly it's not how many times somebody has gone to temple or visited a mosque or five times one has prayed or gone gone to sunday church none of those things it is there in the sacred temple sanctum sanctorum of a heart where the union takes place and when once the divine says yes you see sandhi involves two things you put your hand and the lord catches it and says yes the mother says something very interesting about it when you say to the lord in all sincerity that i am yours and the lord says yes you see there are two two aspects you have done the yagna started but for it for some time you are just offering you don't know a time comes when the divine says yes so he says and the lord has said yes then the whole world cannot keep you away so he stands by your side and doesn't matter you see the story of rama even the asura vibhishna comes and he accepts so it is in the this yoga takes place within in the fire of aspiration what are we really seeking from life it all depends on that we may go to the mother and just say mother protect my children make sure they study well she will say okay because she is the uh, <laughs> divine mother but when we go to her to say that make me what you would want me to be this too is nature human beings are also nature creation of nature but nature has created within us something she has lit a fire within us in collusion with the lord so that man can become ready for this union of the finite with the infinite and where will this journey go that we have should be in those beautiful uh, vision first that consciousness infinite consciousness will manifest in the brain so she says we need brains that are powerful enough this is the seat of consciousness from which it descends if the brain is not powerful enough it will break down so we see that also that in the journey sometimes <laughs> as amal kiran puts it humorously in trying to become supramental we become infradental or inframental <laughs> so okay hazards of the way that's okay so the brain it needs mother is actually use the word it needs brains powerful enough powerful enough means brain which are supple and white which means brains not stuck into rigid dogmas belief systems one sided understanding of things even shobindo's yoga anybody says this is how it is to be done it is not to be done this is how it may be done for him 
But for each one it will unfold. So brain which is wide and plastic and supple and strong enough to bear the light. The golden light came down into my brain. The grey rooms of my mind sun-touched became a calm illumination and a flame. A bright reply to wisdom's occult plane. So the brain. Then this descending current comes down. It comes into the heart and the heart begins to throb. And we don't know what's happening. This is a new, not ischemic heart disease, but ischemia is when there is less blood supply. When there is abundant love, then also there is another kind of disease, over congestive heart disease. Divine love flows and the heart is not able to contain it. It overflows, it spills and the heart has to learn. It is a new adaptation. Every new species that emerges, there is a challenge. The challenge is between the new thing which is emerging and the form. You know, it's uh, simple to understand it through an event in everyday life. What happens when a new member comes into a house? Whether it be a partner moving in, whether it be a child who is coming, what happens? Suddenly what is taken away from you? Your freedom. But you get something else. And then slowly they have to adapt to each other. And after adapting, something new comes out through this process of interchange. This is exactly what happens. When this new consciousness comes in, there is a kind of initially maladaptive behaviors. When mother was told that, uh, mother says, I have heard that many people in America are going mad. Now the wave has reached everywhere. So, <laughs> see, <laughs> the disciple says yes. He says, then she laughs and says, it's good, very good. For the time being, it is very good. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's very good. It means it is breaking the old pattern. It breaks the old patterns. And the new is not yet in sight. So, but after some time, the brain adapts. It learns to handle that force or the force learns to handle it. And there are actual changes that take place in the brain cells. As the mother has said, when you read Shurabindo, the brain cells change. They begin to change. To adapt to this new force. This is the new evolution going on within nature. Then the heart. The change of heart is very difficult. Because the heart constantly acts on the basis. It's programmed to act in such a way. That except what it interests and concerns its own interests. The heart is indifferent. So when does the heart flutter? When some desire something is going to. That's how it it. But there are people whose sympathy reaches out to far away places. So heart is growing wider. It's not confined to my family members, my uh, little mohalla. <laughs> so it's not, it is reaching out to vast area. Then it's supple enough to look beyond the outer appearances. So this is the next step where the heart, then the life, motives of life begin to change. Instead of the motive being only serving my own selfish interest, Mother says, Superman, when she describes, she says, it will be impossible for the Superman to act from any personal selfish motive. Impossible. Even if he tries, it won't happen. I mean, he won't try because it won't come. One of the signs he gives about the Superman is, it will be impossible to act from any personal selfish motive. Freed from that. How will be the social law of such a human being? The, or being in transition, that also she describes. Because the human laws and rules are built by the mind for certain purposes. It's a kind of mental order. 
But the superman, and she described very beautifully, for human being, one becomes a human being when one uses moral and reason to control the vital parts of our animal vital parts. One becomes a superman when one masters the mind and the vital by something greater and that is the intuition. It's the law which will emerge from within. That's why we see today children, you try to tell them do this, don't do this, they say, please, I'll figure it out. There will be transition, there will be confusion, there will be problems, no doubt, because it's a... But they want to figure it out within, isn't it? This is a new phenomena. If you see 50 years back, uh, and our parents don't know, they are at dismay, they are at loss. They say that, you know, uh, in our time we used to, you know, whatever our papa told us, we listened to it. So today, today's children say, but that was your time, dad. It is our time. <laughs> so they... It's not that they are bad children, we don't understand them. That's why special education is required. Because these are children moving from normal to supernormal, not from, you know, that. So they don't know, they, they are confused inside. They are trapped within a body which looks human, but they are not human. So this transition has started. And finally, the very body has to adapt. So even in the body we see many new things are happening. The strong differences between genders and all this slowly getting blurred and something new is going to emerge. But that is a, a still a... Body also has to become plastic and white. These are the two things required. So you see how nature has created means for the body to become plastic and white is travel. See, go travel from New York to <laughs> New Delhi and see what happens. The body has to adapt to everything. Food the atmosphere, the jet lag, everything, people. So body is impacted today by forces which are beyond our reckoning. The supramental force of course, but many forces which are seemingly harmful, but they are all going to transmute this body into something new. And finally in this process of nature's evolution, so it takes place like this, that a new thing nature brings out. But all the past, the form is the last to accept it. So mother describes an experience in 1958. She gave a message. Oh mother material nature, thou hast consented to collaborate and there is no end or limit to your collaboration. So then she explains. She says what it means is that this new substance, new consciousness that came in 1956, nature was not hesitant to accept it. It said, you know, what is this new thing? I am having my play. I am building forms, breaking them. It's cool. It's wonderful. What's the problem? So nature says, I am enjoying this play. What is this new game? Instead of five-day cricket match, why are you bringing T20? I don't like it. Too fast a game. Now I have, nobody likes to watch five-day, no? Because <laughs> everybody is stuck to T20. So nature says, why are you bringing this rapid evolutionary pace and this new thing? So there is a beautiful story where mother recounts that she understood nature and she became like nature and started playing with her this new game. She said, see, touch this new consciousness, touch it. So nature comes and touches, oh, this feels good. Oh, this is something wonderful. I can really do much more. My creativity has become endless. And then a time comes when nature says, okay, I accept it. The mother describes that experience that that new substance got incorporated in material nature. 
This has been foreseen way back. The whole Shivalingam which we are worshipping, which many people worship, is the union of divine soul, Shivalingam. The Shiva is the column of light and the Yoni, material nature, receiving the Lord. That's how it is. So it is that union which has been foreseen of Lord. Spirit and matter becoming one. So that fusion, she said, okay, accept it. And then she says, the children that are going to be born, subsequently are going to be different. Because they will have within them a supramental chip, unseen. So they will be all, uh, neither here nor there, not identified with this nor yet there. And don't we, have, we don't have to worry. Sometimes people say, oh, it is only for people after 1956 or 1960. So what about us? We were born in 1940, I can see. <laughs> so we have hope in rebirth. <laughs> we will be born post-Covid era. <laughs> So 1960, afterwards, we'll again come back. What is there? <laughs> in new bodies. No, I am out. I am in 1960. So I am safe. Safe zone. <laughs> safe zone. But it is a constant journey. So very often when, you know, people who say, Oh, these children, they are, you know, so spoiled. They are with iPhone and iPad. Look at them. So sometimes I tell them, don't worry. We believe in rebirth, no? Yes. So you are going to come and do exactly same. Exactly. <laughs> Then your children today will be parents and say, look at this child, he's born and he wants an iPad for gift. It's an accelerated fast forward evolution and nature will create ways and means which can't imagine, you know. So this is a process which is going on in nature. It's a yoga of nature that is going on. The only two, these original, we, so we have moved far away from our conception of yoga. Man does yoga, man does yoga, man, everything man has to do. He was not even consulted before creation and yoga starts there. Sri Krishna says in the Gita, you want to see my Ashura of yoga? Look, all these beings is me. That's how he shows his Vishwarupa. And then he says, you know, I maintain the creation through yagna, original yagna. I'm positive of time not entering into what that yagna is. But yoga is done by God and nature. That's all we have to remember. And man's role is to say yes. So nature will present to us many kinds of food, including the raita. <laughs> so... It will present, it has everything, it has, it has all array of forces. It will say, you want this? So, if we want pleasure, it will say, okay, okay, take it. Long time. Then it will present another kind of food. So, when it is said that, tene tek tene bhunjita, Oh, I have to renounce. Are you renounce for a greater delight? You renounce pleasure for delight. Not for just becoming blank. People don't understand. So, it will present you pleasure. You want pleasure? So, you say, yes, yes, very nice. Thrilled. He'll say, okay, you eat it, then you say that, but I'm not feeling well. Well, it was written there, you didn't read it. What was written? By one pleasure and two sickness called pain will come to you. But why you are punishing me? No, not punishing, helping you. Because if you get a little pain, you want to go next level. So, okay, okay, next time I won't have pleasure. So, he'll say, oh, that simple. I'll bring it in another form. Very deceptive form. So that is how the soul learns and grows. Learn through failure and grow through fall. And it takes so slowly from pleasure it goes on to happiness. 
slightly more better and then happiness also it after some time you get bored you know happiness what is happiness you want to go further then it brings something still deeper joy becomes deeper then felicity very subtle felicity felicity is an inner state where joy is fusing with peace and calm otherwise joy can give a thrill pleasure is extreme thrill thrill of the senses happiness joy then felicity is something which is calm then we are ready for ecstasy and bliss so this is the journey it slowly it will present all kinds of food before us so if but the the option is you kind of this and that together you choose then yes you can go back to the world that's a later part that when the consciousness is one with the infinite so this yoga is in three stages one is we are in the world we don't care about anything greater then we want the divine then narrowing down of consciousness and journey to the divine leave the world outside yan mansana manute yena hurmano matang find the divine find the divine find the divine then when we have found the divine return back to the world and let that infinite consciousness infinite love infinite ananda infinite peace pour upon creation upon bird and beast and stone and man and that completes the trilogy of shurbindo's yoga i'll stop here with some lines from savitri which uh, so many beautiful lines you know but i'll read just a small little passage where shurbindo describes the yoga of nature material nature several places this whole thing is about you know yoga of nature eventually uniting with the lord this is on page 4 when the divine mother comes and he is giving us an image every day we see it light comes in ana he describes steps and stages of that light and here he is describing when that light comes so what is that light it is the light coming from the other shore of the boundlessness it is the light of the divine consciousness and as it comes what happens is the touch of the divine mother upon earth earth felt the imperishable's passage close the light has come and the doors are closed it is here to stay the waking ear of nature heard her steps mother says the first to respond will be nature in terms of flowers they will respond first we thought man is special then there will be animals and very simple human beings then mom great mom when will our time come complex human beings highly qualified so let's say your time will also come but the difference is when a person who is intellectually very developed that receives this force the brain is strong and supple enough and then the result is fantastic if such a person can develop faith so this is the difference so right now the description of nature we see how mother's birth we had yesterday and how the whole nature comes to know it prepares through the seasons for receiving the flame child and then what happens and wideness turned to her its limitless eye and scattered on sealed depths her luminous smile kindle to fire the silence of the worlds she kindles the fire everywhere all along even soil to man air was a vibrant link between earth and heaven we are speaking about the fire first thing that is lit up is fire of aspiration then the air what does air do maruts they carry this fire so there must be dynamism 
It's not enough to say I have an aspiration, but there is no dynamism to feed that. So maruts, the fire, the air. So air was a vibrant link between earth and heaven. So they are the ones who will carry the whole aspiration, the dynamic push. The wide-winged hymn of a great priestly wind. Who is singing the hymn when there is a mantra? Who chants the mantra in nature? The winds. Yesterday we had in the morning Kali mantra. And then we had nice, gentle <laughs> Maheshwari mantra. And then in the morning we had nice Mahalakshmi mantra. All is becoming beautiful. So there are mantras which are being chanted by nature. We see he is freeing us. Great priestly wind arose and failed upon the altar hills. Where is the altar of this yagna going on? Hills representing the aspiration in material nature. First, if you go to the hills, the air, this, the breeze that flows, amazing. By the time it comes to plains, which represent the lowest parts of creation, it loses unless the whole thing comes down. Otherwise, first you will feel it in the hills. It's so powerful. The high boughs prayed in a revealing sky. See, he's giving us a new drishti now. All the branches of the tree climbing upwards, they are all turned, upturned towards the skies. And they are praying for that light to receive. We must also be receptive. So be a, light is there, but we are walking like this, uh, all shut to all the beauty. Then how will we receive? So we must be open to receive that light. So this is a sign. Some people take it that if I do this gesture, I will receive. It's a sign that we, instead of being closed, we open to the divine. It's an inner opening. The trees teach us. They are our teacher. All nature is a teacher. So it teaches us that, look, be open to the sun, to the light, as flowers, as the trees. Trees find a way to reach out to the, flower, to the sun. This is how our life should be. That any obstacle between us and the sun, it should find a way. It doesn't matter. That we must... Story of short story of Diogenes and Alexander. Alexander goes and meets him. Diogenes is a sannyasi living in a dog's, uh, you know, manger, the tub. And Alexander comes and stands in front of him and says, "I am Alexander the Great." Diogenes opens his eyes and says, "I am Diogenes the dog." What does it matter who you are? So Alexander says, "You don't know. I am the." Emperor of the world, whatever you ask, I can give you. So he says, is it? Yes. So please move out of my way. <laughs> give me that. Why you are coming between me and the sun? Your shadow is falling upon me. I am bathing in the sun. Don't you see? Give me that. Move out of my way. Look at the whole story. So beautiful and symbolic. So the trees behave like that. You put it in, they'll find a way. <laughs> Life should be like that. We get too much uljod, new word. <laughs> like, <laughs> we get too much, you know, haggle, bogged down with everything that is happening in our life. The only thing important is to find the way to the light. For a river, the only thing important is to find the ocean. That's all. All the rest is all, you know, spirit, bujhai, keval, pyas. So that's how it is. <laughs> The high bows prayed in a revealing sky. Here, where our half-lit ignorance skirts the gulf. She has not come only for Rishi Muni Tapasvi sitting out there in Himalayas. Here, even in the soil of common nature, she came for all. 
whether we are ready to receive or not that's a different question sometimes the tapasvis are not ready to receive they are too much egoistically absorbed in the tapasya closing their eyes and if the divine come they will say who are you i am divine no 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 i have a conception of the divine impersonal i want to meet the impersonal <laughs> so that the divine passes away so sometimes tapasvis miss whereas you ask the little stone i am the divine oh i have been waiting for you do you know who i am no 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 i don't know sir i just am waiting for your touch so he touches and what happens to stone gautam nari ahilya tari it turns into a goddess that's a story in ramayana by the touch of lord rama that pashan that stone becomes a goddess so this is what is the advantage of being not reading too many books <laughs> but please read madha and shobinda books they free us they don't give us concepts in which our minds can be captured they free us from them and open us to the infinite here where a half lit ignorance skirts the gulfs on the dumb bosom of the ambiguous earth it's delightful so nobody wants to leave it it's dangerous so everybody feels uncertain about it ambiguous earth here where one knows not even the step in front though scientists will predict second wave of corona third wave of corona so ask him do you know sir what is going to happen in your life next moment no we don't know stay please niche <laughs> can handle so knows not please edit this ha huh? otherwise how dare you <laughs> and truth has her thrown on the shadowy back of doubt is it is it not on this anguished and precarious field of toil outspread beneath some large indifferent gaze impartial witness of our joy and bale our prostrate soil bore the awakening ray even this mud and matter can receive her even this stone clod can receive her that's why shubindu says he who disdainest not the worm to be nor even the clod therefore we know by that humility that thou art god and thankfully he doesn't charge any fees for us so if fees is being charged 1000 dollars for god realization please stay away god doesn't charge fees he pours lavishly lavishly beyond measure only all that he says please are you ready to receive here too the vision and prophetic gleam lit into miracles common meaningless shapes so this is what we see every day the yoga of nature it has reached to a point where unconscious yoga can become conscious yoga this is the difference between that which is below man yoga is going on but through billions of years unconsciously but man can consciously engage in yoga and that is why there is something called as education for human beings precisely it's a sign that we acknowledge that we can consciously evolve we don't use this word but all education is basically an implicit acceptance that there is a conscious evolution possible and now we have to go beyond the schooling of nature to the free progress school of the infinite thank you so i don't is exactly 6 but if somebody has a question for 10 minutes i do, i mean i don't know what is the format yes please
Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. So you see, at one level, all technology is a biological amputation. Isn't that's how it is told? Uh, it develops one aspect, but like you know, when you use calculators, the memory capacity can go. It's known thing. There are very good jokes on that also, but that may, you know. <laughs> so, but that apart. So, at one level, we see that human capacity in certain fields is diminishing. Do you know what she describes in terms when mother in her early conversation she describes about um, you know the use of a faculty which gets atrophied when a new being is to come. The birds stop flying and fall on the ground; they grow into four-footed creatures. The swimming creature cannot, you know, swim anymore and is born as a tadpole. The uncertain mix. So what will happen over a period of time this technology will paradoxically lead to an attrition of even a rational faculty see sometimes when technology is too much you lose that have you seen how on smartphone they will suggest and sometimes it can be so annoying you are typing a word and it is auto corrected <laughs> and if you send it you feel so stupid and it's a smartphone <laughs> it's a smartphone so, so it will happen with human beings also. You know, you can see that the way that high philosophies which people used to construct, those who find Shorabindo difficult, please read read Immanuel Kant, and you'll find this is much easier. Okay, <laughs> right? Or in Indian context, Shankaracharya, all extremely complicated. Shorabindo is very direct and simple, you know. But so, what will happen is. Man's mental capacity is getting exhausted in the process. It is reaching to a point where it's so dependent on technology that the use of reason is going to be diminished. So you will see two kinds of humanity emerge through this process: one who will search for something higher and will surge towards an intuitive light, and the other who, because they are so dependent on technology, will fall down. This has been predicted by the mother. So use technology, but don't become dependent on it. Keep the heart and the flame in the heart alive. The technology cannot give us that. So, like anything else, it's an instrument, equipment, by all means. But this is going to happen over a period of time. There will be a kind of whole humanity which is so dependent, which has lost this and lost that, and it falls back. This is a prophecy. and the mother speaks about it in when she prophesies about humanity but there is a handful who in spite of all this will keep this flame alive the sign will be no amount of technology and everything will be able to satisfy this thirst inside how can technology satisfy satisfy my thirst for love it cannot how can it give my, to my mind an error free intuitive knowledge which never hurts how can it take me to the home of truth the stable basis of all things so but this is a passage through which humanity has to go through so it's a passage and uh, the safety lies in the truth that you know all said and done the divine calls the last shot <laughs> and he reserves the best for himself <laughs> mother describes it in a small story where ravana and rama are you know facing each other and ravana keeps blabbering 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 and rama says at the end okay you want to fight or you want to only talk so shobindo puts it in an aphorism the three steps of the titan 
so when shumbh nishumbh they meet kali they challenge her to a wrestle then they catch her hair then they swirl her into the sky can you imagine the titan catching who is kali kali is the tremendous power in nature that changes time so they have got that power of time and they are swirling her in the air and then he says fourth strike and next kali slew them that's it sudden unexpected because when you do that it will fall upon you so kali is the power which changes time so when you try to do that a time comes when it falls upon you it's all inbuilt within creation so we are safe <laughs> everybody is everybody is safe yeah any other question ha ha bolie kamal ji ha ye google guru ka kya hoga <laughs> google guru <laughs> same thing google guru so now everybody is turning to google for every little thing so what is happening is same same problem which she raised that this kind of technology so man will reach a point where again his reason the way he would arrive at truth and there is a reason why this is happening and when we are pressed extreme compression then we suddenly a surge comes to escape i'll give an example you know you are being led to a imagine led by nice people who have come to accompany you but to a prison house and they are all taking you with third part you know i this is a real story i'll tell you that i i'll slightly modify it but it's something i had seen on the road once i was driving a scooter and i saw in front of me a man who was driving a luna and behind him he had a goat which was tied to the luna and the goat was munching something you know because he was feeding the goat so he doesn't uh, try to run away so the goat was tied it couldn't have run away but it was in additionally feeding the goat something and the goat was looking at me and as if saying see what enjoyment <laughs> this part is all can you know <laughs> well you know story so i said yeah i know you are being taken to the slaughter house you don't know that so i presume when the goat is taking taken to the slaughter house and is placed on the altar of kali <laughs> in the name of kali what she would have done lord free me from this she was enjoying it all the way so human beings are being led to a point where they will feel so stifled see the stories of the great deluge stories of you know moses escaping everybody through the nile all these stories there is a point where human consciousness feels so stifled initially it feels very nice somebody is providing me everything but a time will come when the consciousness will feel so stifled that it will end up saying after all the technological development see i have only one word of advice for you stay hungry stay foolish because it realizes that by knowing too much they miss the one thing to be known yes please sir you get the same thing in a different sense that uh, can the supramedial being not be ai itself which is okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so obviously supramental being will not be ai because ai is a technology is an extension of the being itself so when we use the word ai it's an artificial intelligence means the ai the limit of ai will always be the limit of human being see this, this is a big debate which has gone on even isaac asimov has talked about it but what it will miss which any machine misses that's something which is unique 
within nature see it comes back to the same question whether everything just a mechanical unfolding of nature there or there is something which though has entered nature but is other than nature that's where we have the whole indian thought about the soul the psychic being that little something which is a divine element so ai can on its own do certain auto you know it can calculate and do things it can speak but the whole thing is can an ai aspire if it can aspire for a better world dream of something very beautiful then it is no more an ai but di that is divine intelligence so <laughs> i suppose and i hope you know i've been leaving apart other things uh, which obviously ai won't have uh, the, you know that's one line of thought we can have information chips in the brain organ transplant but still that's different from the transformation of the body it will still be subject is composed of parts which will still be subject to degeneration even if you have parts which can live long all that we can surmise but the real difference between a machine however sophisticated even if it can calculate everything more than man even if you can put emotions that is also going on if not the range of emotions something like an emotion even if you can put scent and everything still what is unique to human being is the capacity to self reflect and evolve consciously that aspiration which marks a man that's why the gita gave a very beautiful description of man after which you know that shri krishna anticipated ai that's how i put it so he described man in a way he said shraddhamayo man is his faith and will to be so if an ai can have faith and will to be then it's different but we know it that that's stretching it too far but man has a faith and will to be therefore man is more appropriately qualified for di the divine intelligence and between di and hi human intelligence he should have si spiritual intelligence okay so ai but let people proceed nature enjoys as i said new toys it will say no no don't try supramentalization all that some crazy people in you know pondicherry and other elsewhere i'll give you something which will look like supramentalizes so it will create ai you see you be satisfied with it and if you are satisfied with it then you miss the original a small story you may have heard when i was a child we used to hear a bhajan and the bhajan was that kana mange khel khilona matu yashoda maiya se krishna baby he is asking his mother yashoda i want a toy to play with so, okay she brings all toys he said no no not this not this not this so what do you want i want the moon <laughs> where does she get moon <laughs> but like a doting mother she wants to give something so she pick takes a you know a bowl and puts water in it and the moon's reflection comes says see i've got the moon here krishna looks there smiles and says mom don't cheat me <laughs> so nature is like that you want the moon i'll bring the moon here and that's where human discernment lies that whether i am satisfied with the makeshift artificial fake or i want the original so imagine the the difference we are given the possibility of becoming one with the creator who has created billions of stars galaxies human beings all this and on the other hand this little ai toy very good toy that is the choice which man has to make and i am not saying it is good or bad nothing is good or bad but nature will try to give us many things which will lure us further and we have to make a choice between what is permanent eternal lasting of value 
and what is temporary like all toys that's where the human discernment comes yes anything else if not we can stop okay thank you so much